This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more cake. Even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is a Vencast Studio production. We are back. Hey, it's good. Welcome, welcome to Ride the Pine. This is Hondo here with Gee. What's up, Gee? What's up? Oh, man. So happy to be here. We are we are a mere ten days away from the season. So I'm I'm so excited. I'm just like I'm not into football this year at all. So it's just like wait, what's football? Hey, I got a Vikings hat. Wear it out just to just just to show you know, kind of flash it against the Packer fans. Show that you but. have a hat. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, we are we are live. We are live in Ballard at the brand new Vencast Studios. These new microphones are just killing it. So, oh man. Hey, you know, we got to we just got to get started. We got so much to talk about this week. We have a great feature segment. We are going to be back. Mark is going to be with us for the three man weave. We need to kick it off and go to this week in basketball. Okay, so this is this week in basketball. So we're gonna just kind of kick it off from the beginning here. So we got to start out with some of our league activity. As we mentioned at the top of the episode, season is starting in ten days. We have a mere ten days to get our prediction episode together, and we we have and that'll pre- be episode ten. That will be episode ten. We have predictions from the East Coast, from the West Coast. We're gonna stack rank them, bring it all to you. So excited for that. We're it's gonna have good. a couple couple of guests. I think we're gonna have some Cleveland fans. We may have some. Utah fans, we Maybe might have some fan. Portland fans, Bulls fans, a lot of different people are. But gonna, you'll have us as well. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people are going to come in for that one. So, hey, that that is basically the focal point. Um, beyond that, you know, preseason continue, play continues, but we'll we'll kind of get into that during the actual gameplay. So I did want to um, go into a little bit more of a serious topic to start out with. So this isn't finalized. The CBA process is ongoing for the NBA at this point. However, what I've heard thus far, thus far is that that basically they're at the 50-50 deal that they've been at before. So that's not expected to change. But the one thing that they're that everyone's kind of looking to do is take care of the retired players. So some of that is just financial compensation. Some of that is medical expenses. So given kind of the rigor of NBA basketball, I think that's an awesome gesture. And it's awesome just because what the league was and what the league is today is completely different from a business standpoint. And a lot of these players didn't get that financial assistance earlier on. So they don't have kind of that, that support, if you will, for some of this, unless they pursued kind of careers outside of basketball. So I'm, I'm very interested to kind of see how this plays out. But, but given kind of wear and tear and given kind of how big some of these guys are and just 
how <laughs> like how how short a lifespan some of them actually live. It's like nice. it's a nice gesture. It's 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 a very very strong gesture, and it just. I have to say one thing, and this this is my anti NFL spike on this today. That this is just so polar opposite, so awesome versus the NFL, in yeah. which like you dig into the concussion issue in the NFL, and it's just like they they weren't interested in caring for their players. The NBA is making gestures that care for their active players, they care for their former players, they care about their culture around the league. Like it's just it's so big. amazing. It's fun to be a fan of something like this. Yeah, it's just, it, but it's so positive, and it's like it's expanding, it's international, and it's, but it's just, it breeds positivity in all aspects. Like they could clearly just focus on the business aspect and forget about retired players, but they've chosen not to do that. And I think it's, I think it's partially, I mean, it's it's both parties. It's it's definitely Adam Silver and the administration in the in the NBA. However, it's also you know Chris Paul, LeBron James, like people from the uh, NBA Players Association, they're, they are taking this effort to try and make those concessions. And they're, they're basically saying it's it's more important to us now that we have kind of equal footing at the table to also take care of those than to try and fight for a percentage either way. And frankly, I think it's, it's a deal that's going to benefit all parties. So we'll continue to kind of dig into this as, as we move along. Um, I just want to touch on this briefly. So... Sacramento was basically not supposed to have a stadium. It's like, it, yeah. it, they were like, it may not even survive at all. Right. But as of the preseason, Sacramento has opened up a brand new, a brand new stadium. So, right. and I, I think that's just a positive aspect for, from a community that maybe is not perceived as like having a sustained, sustained viability right. w- with the NBA. So I think it gives a big incentive. It should just give a lot of hope to the Sacramento fans out there that, Hey, you guys are here to you guys are here to play, and like we believe in you know the team, the management, like the overall NBA believes in having them there. Yeah, and Kevin and they, Johnson and NBA, a former NBA player's efforts were not for naught. You know, yeah, like his efforts to keep the Kings where they are. Yeah, goes and he's like a mayor of Sacramento. Yeah, and, and I'm not gonna tie this as with their record or anything, no, but no. I'm just but I'm gonna say that. But that's a positive step because you lose a place like Sacramento loses a team like the Kings. It's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's like you know, there's there's other. I don't I don't even know the other sports in the Sacramento area. Do they have anything else distinct? Nothing in not that I know. Of. Nothing in baseball. Nothing in f- football. I don't know. It's, always, it's usually Oakland or Golden State or, yeah. or Bay Area, San Francisco. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's anything else in the north. So this is. It's a very positive kind of, ec, you know, an economically beneficial thing for the community to retain that team. Um, sure. That's all I kind of wanted to comment on there. I do want to comment on the real possibility here oh, yeah. in the last aspect of league activity that an expansion to Seattle. It, it's been talked about and dished about time and time and time again. It's. Be, it seems like it's becoming much more likely. Without diluting the NBA too much, an expansion is critical, but it should be two cities, not just one, to keep everything simple and yeah. have 16 teams per conference. I would say there would be like a reshuffling of conferences or divisions even, and probably like teams like um, Minnesota would go to the east or Memphis would go to the east. And Memphis going to the east makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Memphis in the west does not make sense to me at all. Yeah. And, so. and, and then New Orleans as well makes little sense. But... Um, you know, then there would be like a new division, like a Pacific Northwest division or something like that, which would be Seattle, Portland, yeah. maybe another team in Vancouver or something. Get another. So okay, so Va- Vancouver is a real possibility. W- well, we had talked about this previously, like yeah. Vancouver, Vegas, um, 
Who knows, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know of another city really that could. Yeah, I don't. Not a lot of other stuff. Like Seattle, obviously can can handle a team, but I I really don't know. Kind of, I mean, besides switching up existing markets, we know. Um, I'm not seeing anything yet, so I don't I don't think we need to speculate any further yeah. on kind of that front. But obviously, we're going to continue to watch this because it would be so amazing, <laughs> so amazing if there was NBA basketball in this city. Oh so. yeah, it'd be great. All right, so we're going to switch uh, over to our next topic, and that's gameplay. Um, you know, so the preseason continues. I think they're what? There's so five games per team. Five games per team, but but they, they play kind of at different pacings yeah, right Yeah, different now. paces. Like, Lakers have played all their games consecutively. Um, they look pretty fun to watch, but yeah. I don't know. I think D'Angelo Russell is on another level right now in terms of his development. Yeah. Um, Phoenix looks fun to watch. I think they've done all their games, and uh, Devin Booker looks like just a – a Ray Allen clone. He's my he's my Zen moment when <laughs> he's shoot, when, when he's shooting from the shooting from the side. Like man, he just like and Marquis Marquis Chris looks solid. Dragon Bender looks kind of like a dud. But anyways, um, Miami's looking really weak actually. Um, teams that were probably expected to do pretty well in preseason just because they're going to play a lot of other guys um, exceeded Cle- expectations, such yeah. as Golden State. Barely playing their starters and playing people like Patrick McCaw, a rookie who's out of nowhere, a second rounder, just like busting into the scene. Mm-hmm. Had a game winner against. Um, um, I don't even. Who, I think they had a game. I'm not sure who that was, but we can. Yeah, sorry. We we, we can post to it. But oh, it, it was about Portland. It, it was Portland. Okay. <clears throat> um. So so I want to talk one one little bit about that before you move off the the Golden State train. The uh, Steve Kerman today mentioned about possible experimentation kind of throughout throughout the <clears throat> throughout the season around play and around players just given yeah. given the caliber of talent that they have i mean we we talked about we talked about the warriors kind of ad nauseum last week but this quote kind of just came in oh sure do, do you expect do you expect to see more experimentation and lineup kind of lineup switches and having people kind of play even potentially maybe switch spots or like maybe not spot switching but like just here's your first team, here's your second team, here's your third team, and like, oh sure, just minute distribution, I guess. So here's a funny little um, tidbit that I found uh, just a couple days ago, 1990, like seven or something, when Tim Duncan was introduced in the league, they had a starting lineup of Will Purdue, Tim Duncan, and David Robinson. Like yeah. that was their, that was their front court, or that was their you know front court. Yeah. So Tim Duncan was started at the three, and Phoenix had Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, Kevin Johnson. Yeah, and they started all three of them. Mm-hmm. So it was like three guards and three bigs. It's like you have to use what you have and like optimize the best sure. of talent and put the best five out there. Yeah. So yeah, there's gonna be experimentation because obviously they have the five best players, like probably bar none in the NBA. You know, like yeah. top down, their roster looks really deep. But there's gonna be people that have to adjust to the Golden State Warriors, and by adjusting, they might evolve. Mm-hmm. They might experiment. They might change up things where they have three guards. Okay. They might have three bigs. Mm-hmm. They might have some sort of like small ball style game. They might, you know, Phoenix might have five Kentucky point guards out there at one time, like because they have five <laughs> Kentucky point guards right now on their roster. So it's pretty hysterical. Like, you know, bless up John Calipari. So, you know, there's going to be experimentation, and the Warriors are a perfect nesting ground for that because they could play Kevin Durant at the five if they if even even want to because yeah. they can get away with it because it's Kevin Durant. Yeah. On offense at the five, like good, <laughs> good luck stopping it, Baban Marvinjanovic. You know, <laughs> you know I mean? how are you gonna like, 
<laughs> you stop them with their hand and you can only get five feet. You know, like <laughs> his hand is five feet. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, okay. I mean, I, I, I'm on I, board with it. I think that's true. I think what he's saying is, is echoed throughout the league. There's a lot of that. There's just a lot of experiment, experimentation. Um, I mean, you're experimenting on Rondo, Rajon Rondo and the Bulls. Like, is that going to work? You're experimenting with Derrick Rose on the Knicks. That's, is that going to work? I know, like, as players, not rotations, but as players. Like, you're experimenting yeah. on the process. You're experimenting on the people, the yeah. players, the gel of the team. You're experimenting wholeheartedly everywhere. Yeah, yeah no, no I, I agree. I agree. I think this – I think what – what was intended and what he had said in his in his message was more around rotation yeah, and, and, and less around kind of player mix-up because I think that's just inevitable, the new state of the league, that the players will continue to change teams faster and faster and faster. Oh, yeah. So I, I think we're already kind of past that. So getting so going going back into other specific gameplay, are the Rockets done with their, with their preseason? I think no? most teams are. Okay. I think there's teams like the Wolves and Heat. And but the Wolves have another game tonight, right? Against the Heat, yeah. yeah. I think we have two more games. Okay, um, and then the Cavs have didn't really fare well in the uh, in the preseason. I well, whether it matters or not, this is well, uh, it matters because they have a bunch of unknowns on their team, other than the the core, which is like six seven deep. They don't really know who they have. You know, they lost a lot of players, so mm-hmm. it matters. They got you know a couple of random people like Jordan McRae, who's who's doing really well. Um, it doesn't matter. I don't think in the long scheme of things. I would say that. Um, Teams that are surprisingly bad have been like Orlando, oh. and I don't know, man. I'm feeling like they are... They're going to be the bottom of the barrel this year. Which is so sad. Yeah, I, I just don't think they hit, I don't think they have it in them. Not, and, not this year. And OKC looks a little disrupted. Like, I as, don't, they, as they should be, though. I as thought, they should be. I thought, you know, preseason is preseason, right? It's Westbrook in the regular season that we really care about, but... No. They just don't have a flow right now. Yeah. Um, the, hey, the other team that has kind of had this disrupted flow, at least that I've, I, I've seen, I've read about, is the uh, is the Pistons. The Pistons kind of oh, look yeah. like they're a little bit off track. Yeah. Now, do you think that? I think they can probably turn it around. They're just like, the it's, ma- it's just starting the, off. The main reason is because Reggie Jackson's injured. They don't have a backup really. They need to look for one. So okay. that's the main reason. Um, they do look a little startled though. Yeah. And, Milwaukee looks a little weird. Like, they don't have Chris Middleton, yeah. so that's a big part of their offense. But they have like Mike Beasley as a replacement. They have, you know, Michael Carter Williams as the backup to Giannis. But Giannis is looking insane right now. But and Thon Maker looks really good too as a rookie. Mm-hmm. But preseason, so it's like hard to really have a whole lot of weight on the what we're seeing. But it's fun to talk about. It's ten days away. These teams that we're talking about now loosely are going to be like in conversation in terms of what's happening in the league and. Man, yeah. Like I'm, I don't know how I'm going to react to after opening day. I've never been more excited. <laughs> I usually don't care because you know the Wolves are never on opening day. But I can't wait to, no, to see all of these games. Cannot wait to just kind of just open up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> open up and just see all the game, just all the games, and continue to follow it. Yeah. just like uh, at this addictive pacing that we're at right now. Yeah, speaking of pace, Rockets. Four seconds oh. less offense. This is like it's a thing. It's happening. <laughs> like rebound, what rebound? It's already in the bucket. <laughs> what just happened? So they're they're becoming the blur. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think there's. I don't really have any other notes into the preseason. I and I don't. I don't think we should forecast nah. much much else because it's just it's preseason ball. You just need to get out there. You need to play some games. Just need to kind of get your get your rhythm together, I guess, and get set for the for the regular season. Uh, the one other part of gameplay that I wanted to go outside of the NBA on is oh, sure. that the 
that the uh, I believe it's the WNBA champion finals. It's the, finals. the finals are actually going on. Um, they're going between the LA Sparks and Minnesota Lynx. So LA Sparks are up to one and just won a game in like overtime. So <clears throat> yeah, this is actually we could talk about the WNBA for uh, more than a couple minutes. I think. Yeah. But um, really quick, they changed the the format of the playoff structure, so it's not just you know two best of threes and then the finals. Yeah. It's um, it's a best of one play in series. Then it's a best of um, one play in series again, and then it's and it's there's no format in terms of East or West. It's just the top teams. Oh. And so L.A. Sparks could have never been in the finals with the Minnesota Lynx yeah. unless this playoff format changed. Oh, okay. And so now it's like the MVP of the league, I don't know her name, could not pronounce her name, but she's on the Sparks, Okay. Um, along with Candace Parker and other players that they have are now in the championship. And they only and the Minnesota Lynx and the L.A. Sparks only had to play one series in the entire playoffs before the championship because they had two round buys. The wow. play-in play series didn't involve them. The next two play-in series didn't involve them. Okay. But then, the you know, it was like the Liberty, the Dream, and whatever else. Okay. Sky, Chicago Sky and shit. But, yeah, so then the Lynx crushed whoever they were facing, like 2-0, 3-0 in the, the series before. And then in the finals, they, they're finding themselves in quite a hole. It's a best of five, I think. So okay. what loser go home, which sure. has been kind of a rarity for the Minnesota Lynx. They've been, like, the biggest thing Minnesota's ever had and produced from, yeah, as a sports franchise. Professional sports franchise. So Well, no. well I mean, hooray women. We'll, uh, you know, we'll revisit kind of next week and see what, see how it, how it all ended up. So yeah, I hope, I hope there's a comeback. Definitely, definitely hope for that as well. Maya Moore is actually ridiculously fun to watch. I don't know if you've seen anything uh, in WNBA related. No, you I should can, watch a little bit of it. I, I do need to watch a little bit of it. I just, I don't know. I, I don't think I need. I don't think need. No, I don't I, need to. I do. You should just watch. I want to, okay. and I wanted to go to a Seattle Storm game. It's just never. They're I, cheap. I yeah, and I was never able to just find it. It was like twenty five bucks for four rows up off the court or something like oh, that. Yeah. It was it was ridiculously cheap, and I was like, I want to go see this. I just haven't, I haven't made an effort enough of an effort to go do it yet. So, but I will, and and I you know will continue to root for the Lynx as I of course continue to root it's for all Minnesota sports. It's crazy because um this except, is kind except the Twins. <laughs> this is kind of how sports should go. Like the best of the draft class gets drafted by the worst team. Yeah, Seattle. Storm yeah. was the worst team, like two wins, three, four wins yeah. in like the entire series uh, season. Wow! They drafted this uh, Brianna Stewart, and they were a playoff team. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, that, and that's common because deals don't happen in the, in the WNBA at all because the salaries are all really, really equalized. Yeah, you know, you don't have like a Mike Conley, Jr. Smith kind of contract. No, definitely not. You have, you know, whatever. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just really. It's kind of exciting time to be a minnesota sports fan and that's why i'm kind of been rooting and following the links a little bit more yeah all right this is enough topic on no 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 it's i just i think it's something we need to explore and i'd like to explore the WNBA more in depth and kind of like go into the structure of the league talk about the teams but uh can't do it today. <laughs> Can't do it today. So let's move on um, to so a little bit of player activity. So I, I don't have too many points on this. I think the big event for this yeah, last week, yeah. and this just happened, I believe, yesterday, Yes, um, was J.R. Smith got signed to a four-year, $57 million extension in Cleveland. Obviously, obviously LeBron helped. LeBron's thumbs are fucking magic thumbs, man. He <laughs> tweets it out, get it done, and gets it done. <laughs> get it done. Otherwise, I'm going to be mad. You don't want me mad. You don't. <laughs> what is LeBron like when he's mad? He just loses more hair. Um, dude, check this out. This is a stat. This is a fact. Fact checked stat. The Cleveland Cavaliers starting lineup. Yeah. Consists of over a hundred million dollars in. Wow. And that's over the cap already. 
Yeah. And that's more than 18 teams in the NBA, including the Golden State Warriors, the starting five of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So that, okay. Just, Kyrie Irving, J.R. Smith, LeBron James, Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love. Man, that's a lot of money on one. $100 million. That's so much money. I want like $1, please. Just give me $1. Just, just $1. But honestly, five players yeah. versus 18 teams full rosters, including. Full rosters, okay. Full rosters. Wow. Dude, the cap is at $93 million, so they're already over the cap on the starting five. <laughs> but I mean, they're the biggest team. They can they can basically play any of their games on national on national TV, or oh, yeah, I mean, and, and just broker any deals that they want. So they're one of the biggest teams. I would say also that they get to experience the repeater tax now. So good luck, Cleveland. Like, um, that's a hefty tax yeah. to be over the tax over the, the bracket. Is it the the repeater? This is the luxury tax, right? The luxury tax. Luxury tax. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, let's get into taxes and that corrupt another day. Oh, yeah. The, uh, okay, a little bit lighter on the player <laughs> activity front. I read this story and I was cracking up. So Russell Westbrook and Marcus Saul have a history of, like, feuding with each other. Why? I have no idea. He's like, I think Westbrook is like, he just... He just like punched me, so I just like punched him back, and like like it's so dumb. I was like yeah. reading about the sequence of events, and just like just all these double fouls, like they just hate each other. But like, how are Westbrook and Gasol. and Mark Gasol like hated enemies? Like it makes absolutely no sense to me. I don't know. It's a storyline. Uh, <laughs> um, a little sad news though with Anthony Davis. Yeah, yeah. Again, right? Like, yeah. It's like Anthony Andrew and Davis. Um, yeah. Or Anthony I'm putting Anthony on. Anthony DNP. Oh gosh, I'm Davis. putting a I'm putting like a hospital sticker on my Anthony. They Davis should be jersey. sponsored by you know like ankle bracelets like or something. Minute Clinic or minute something. Clinic. <laughs> Just get him healthy fast. So yeah. Oh get man. Uh, I don't know. Any other player activity from your front? I don't. I don't. It's it's really light. There, I don't see a lot of like super storylines without getting into the teams themselves. Yeah. At, at this point, one, one, one little thing. Uh, Dwayne Wade went on record. I think LeBron also said this. Like, uh, Dwayne almost went to Chicago in two thousand before you know LeBron went to the Miami in the decision. Yeah. He almost went to Chicago okay. with the Baby Bulls. That would have been pretty interesting. Yeah. And to go home. I think he's always wanted to go to Cleveland. Yeah. Or uh, to Chicago, and then also LeBron went on record saying in the offseason, Wade and LeBron did talk about joining in Cleveland. Oh wow! But they couldn't get him because the money was going to be too low. No, it no. was going to be J.R. Smith money. Oh come on! And he's man. worth a yeah. couple J.R. Smiths. So uh, yeah, just a couple J.R. Smiths. So. <laughs> All right, so let's go into a little bit lighter news. Um, I, I actually don't want to go into the first thing. I, I want to go into the second thing though because this is pretty interesting for the league. This is. Uh, I found out this morning that they've now opened up the NBA League Pass to everyone in China. Hell yeah. So, I, so I'm so i just like, we could now have like <laughs> just a crazy amount of people watching watching those games live. Yeah, I've had conversations with people in China about these VPNs. Yeah. Because they have, they have an international League Pass as yeah. well as a League Pass. Yeah. And the international one is super expensive, but you get all access to all teams. You're never like blacked out. Yeah, because we're blacked out of Portland games for yeah, whatever reason. I hate it's so that. stupid. Anyways, um, so they would use VPNs for international league pass, and then you could, as a fan of the team that you're sporting, you could also buy VPNs and then use an international league pass to watch your home team if you really needed to. They don't have to do that anymore. Like, there's no round, 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 roundabout thing, and I love it because China is such a you know there's a, such a presence of the NBA in China. Um, not in the NBA in the U.S., but pe- people in the NBA 
affiliated with the NBA in China. So I yeah. love that bridge. I love that connection. And make this the global thing. Make this why society is so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like the world is great. The people are amazing. Yeah, just like expand it, expand yeah. it, allow basketball to be to, to, to bridge these gaps yeah. and to bridge these differences. How beautiful is that, man? No, it's it's amazing. I, um, I I want to touch on one one other lighter news before you get into your stories. I read this and I was cracking up. I think I I think I sent it to you on Facebook immediately after I read it, and I was reading a story about how Luke Walton, uh, when he's playing with the Lakers, uh, showed up one morning to practice and he had he was like hungover and like Kobe Bryant had. Sm- Kobe Bryant, like the other veterans, had smelled like alcohol on Luke Walton's breath. And he's like, and Kobe has like this history of just not letting up on anyone ever. So Kobe's like, Kobe like took it upon himself to make like Luke Walton guard him that that practice. Oh, sure. And I I think they were saying 73 points. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Okay. 73 points that that Kobe dropped in that practice. (laughs) He was just like he did not let up at all. Like, don't show up, don't half-ass it. Not a, not around Black Mamba, no way. So That's I funny. was just I was cracking up so hard in thinking about Luke Walton getting schooled that badly. Speaking of cracking up and getting schooled, um, Joel Embiid is kind of finding himself always in the news every week um, for whatever reason. Philadelphia Sixers have been known as the process, right? Trust the process. Yeah. Sam Hinkie was like. There's a process. There's a three-year process. So everyone was like, let's trust this process. Yeah. Joel Embiid has dubbed himself the process. <laughs> <laughs> that, so that can and will him. be used against you in the court of public opinion, Joel I love, Embiid. I love him, man. Oh, I think he's such I, a character. And he's an, he's an immediate follow. Anyone listening to me, yeah. us, yes. instant follow him on Instagram or Twitter. Or whatever. Yeah. He's hysterical. He's okay. the best thing, man. <laughs> All right. Um, some lighter news, but it's kind of like sad, depressing news, is Tim Hardaway, the coach, yeah, got I suspended th- for a few games I for saw this. a DWI. However, I was not really going to talk about it because I don't really want to promote all well, that crappy behavior. However, however, I think it's right of the league. This is not an appropriate thing. You get a suspension, go and resolve your issue, come back and and just kind of go about your business. But yeah, not that's not positive at all. Yeah. Um that's it. That really wasn't very light news on the Well you can just on, on the hard no, it's fine. I'll keep it in there. Okay, so I wanna I want to move to the last section of this week in basketball and it's did he say that? <laughs> so I'm gonna start out with Start out with a quote here. I feel really grateful to play for a team like that and play with a bunch of players who are selfless and enjoy the game in its purest form. This is what Kevin Durant said. And the reporters were reading around Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I, I just imagine Russell Westbrook is just fuming right now. Yeah, I think he, I'm pretty sure he said enough uh, yeah, in, in a just, reporter. Like, uh, to a reporter, he keeps asking these Kevin Durant questions. It's just like He's like, enough. I'm done. There's no beef. Get over it. Yeah. And it's going to just be a constant storyline to both yeah, it's, players. It's, it's like, just it's stupid. So stupid. It's stupid. I, I don't. Yeah, but I, I did want to read that because yeah. it really just it set him off. And you could, if you watch the interview, you can see how oh, yeah. visibly ticked off he oh, was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. And here's our next quote. I'm an old school guy. I'm a competitor. I never believe that when you want to be the best, you've you've got to beat the best. There's always been something that's driven me. Today's day and age, a lot of these guys are friends. Right. That's like if Bird decided to go play with Magic or something. These guys, these guys, I think the competition makes the game what it is. So Paul Pierce said this. He was a little bit, I think he's perturbed just in terms of like Kevin Durant, Durant going, Durant going to Golden State. However, think- however, I mean, I think I think he's right in terms of what basketball was. You never experience a, a situation when Larry Bird would have gone and. 
and, and, play, and played with his fiercest competition. Right. Like, that was just a different age, different era. I think it's just, it is a different sport, but or it's, it's a different era. It's not a different sport. Simply a different era with, with this ability to, like, combine these friendships and personal rivalries in a much, much different manner. Right. Well, I mean, there's also some weird things, like, to be the best, um, you know, he was chasing championships with Brooklyn with LA like he's chasing championships you know he's trying to beat the best but he's being on a really good team to do that um there's a thing about loyalty right like being with the same team over and over and if you just get dried out by you know the monotonous of not succeeding you need to change things up good on Kevin Durant man honestly good on Kevin Durant for leaving yeah go to Golden State but it was no, but I, I mean, I think, the, I think the opinion's still fair of Paul Pierce to say that. I think he's right in terms of what happened before. Yeah. But it's just different. And I don't, I don't think that arguing this makes any, like... No, it doesn't. It doesn't really do anything. It doesn't do anything. I'm pretty so. sure Draymond Green shut Pierce up, too, like, immediately following. <laughs> yeah. He did some, like, Graham, like, hey, yo, <laughs> Pierce, here's my, here's my knee. <laughs> All right. So I, I have one more quote uh, on here. So, oh, sweet. So this one's, this one's from LeBron James. So... We got a bunch of guys that are in there that know the negotiations. So any way to give back and try to help our former teammates and help former players and things of that nature, James said, because we've all built this league together. No matter how big of a guy you were or if you were the 15th guy on the bench, we all built this league into what it is today. But it's not just my idea. I'm not taking any credit for that, but it's all part of the process and not the 76ers process. Uh-huh. The No, but I, I think that kind of going back to one of our first stories here, that it, it just speaks to the nature of how today's, some, or at least some of today's current players, probably current player leaders, just respect the past, re- respect kind of the legacy of basketball. And I, I think that's so awesome. So there, I don't think there's that much to say on it, but I, I think it, I think once it's solidified, just leaves, leaves basketball in such a great state that hopefully other sports model. Yeah, for sure. And um, following that, in a little bit of lighter news in what LeBron is all about, LeBron tweeted out, yo, at NBA Game Time app, or League Pass app, (laughs) fix your stuff. I can't see the box scores. Like 24 hours later, NBA, or like not even 24 hours later, like five hours later, NBA response, we on it. And then 24 hours later, we fixed it. So like LeBron is like God. <laughs> you just need you just need LeBron to fix social I, I need, issues. To fix I, I need LeBron in my 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 software dev process. Yeah. Fix this issue, LeBron out out. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's so awesome. Yeah. So, all right, so that's gonna wrap up this week in basketball. We are back. Hey, what's good, fellas? Oh man, what an answer! The only answer to this question, I think the correct one, the only one, is Russell West. Interesting. Russell yeah. West. I'm doing how all right all right we are back we are back with with the three-man weave this is Woo! week two of the three-man weave i'm hondo here with gee here with mark we um, weave mtg Oh man, in the building. We have only ten days. Only ten days till the NBA season. So oh man, but we gotta get our takes in before before it gets started. So we're gonna we're gonna kinda go around the horn. We got topics across the board today. Chess pass. Where are we starting? What comes first? 
James Harden shaves his beard. Ben Simmons plays the season. DeMarcus Cousins gets traded. Or, back to the shaving, LeBron shaves his head. I mean, so the way I see it, it's got to be, I mean, Ben Simmons is not going to play this year. LeBron definitely not going to shave his head. That dude is too attached to his hairline. I think James Harden is going to catch a mean elbow from somebody, and he's going to have to get stitches, so he's going to have to, like, take a chunk out the beard, and he's going to go all the way down. You know what I'm saying? Just like... Uh, I mean, it's going to be a travesty. I mean, it's, you know, basically it's up there with the logo. You know what I'm saying? You recognize the logo, <laughs> James Harden's beard, LeBron's <laughs> hairline. Like, there's just, it's, it's the triumvirate. Oh, man. You can't, I, I can't go Simmons. I'm going to go a different direction. I, you, you think LeBron wants to keep his hairline? Have you seen that man's headband? I mean, have you seen, like, the man has, like, not even only just for men. Like, the dude has used every product known to mankind to He's try and every keep headband. that hairline. <laughs> every, every headband known to man. I mean, it just grows in thickness every year. I just don't see, I do not see Harden shaving off that beard. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with Le- LeBron, even if it goes against consensus. I'm going to go with DeMarcus Cousins gets traded. And um, LeBron doesn't even have a headband anymore. He, like, threw it out in disgust that he has stopped wearing it. Probably for hormone reasons. <laughs> I <laughs> love keep, it. Gotta keep his gel in, you know. Boom. All right, next up. Here we go. Which playoff team is one injury away from blowing it up? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a depth mm. question. This mm. is just yeah. like whose identity is crushed as soon as they get one tiny injury. Hmm. All right. You want to start us off? All right. Oh, Good. I got. The Toronto Raptors. They were wow. there's a little oh. bit too much love up in Toronto last season. You know what I'm saying? They were all giddy. They were all excited about being, you know, super high seed X Y Z. Now they don't have the Biombo story to keep them all, you know, <laughs> buddy buddy. You know what I'm saying? I You're think right. they're one like DeRozan injury from Kyle Lowry just ending up on a milk carton again, just MIA, just <laughs> not showing up. You it. know what I'm saying? I love it. Just uh, they got a really smart general manager who I don't think is just going to sit on the sideline if all of a sudden like let's say Atlanta actually plays good. Let's say Boston makes the leap. Detroit. Makes makes a leap all of a sudden you know just one one tiny ankle twerk and then boom it's a wrap for toronto okay i'm gonna go a little bit different direction i am i'm saying especially if harden gets knocked out that houston houston is out of contention i just i do not think without without harden as the leader they can they can trudge forward so a funny question though is how do they blow it up even if he gets hardened, or even if Harden gets hardened, <laughs> how do they how do they blow it up? They have like no movable pieces. Plus, here's what's there about D'Antoni's offense: like he can throw in anybody at that point guard. You know what I'm saying? They're just running up and down the court. They don't even have their eyes open. You know what I'm saying? Like this is just a track meet. Yeah, James Harden's gonna put the ball in the basket, but you don't need you know you don't need like the most sophisticated point guard to run a D'Antoni system. Seven right. seconds or less. Like, <laughs> don't take rocket science. Let's be clear. I have two answers, but I, and I'm kind of tossing this as I'm talking it out loud. I don't know which one I'm going to pick. Los Angeles Clippers or Memphis mm, Grizzlies. Mm. So I think Memphis Grizzlies is one injury away from completely blowing it up, even after a max player, Mike Conley, you know, or <laughs> oh. Marcus All. If, if he gets injured, I don't think they have a team, you know. 
I mean, but Chandler Parsons is already injured, so are they already out? You know what I'm saying? I don't, like, who's that? Like, Marcus, <laughs> Marcus Hall will get hurt because yeah. he's going to get hurt from a nice right fist from Russell Westbrook. From Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Man. So and then with Clippers, it's like, it seems like it's inevitable. If Paul goes down, and he's my target this year in terms of who gets injured on this team if they get injured. Mm. Chris Paul. You think so? I don't know. <laughs> That's why it's called the three man weave. I don't know. Uh, I mean, look, I was just I was looking for just like a little little more explanation, but no, nah, oh. we're good. Um, I don't know. Okay. So. Bonus question. Bonus three man weave question. This is gonna be for a reverse layup on the end here. Who would be the best UFC fighter of all the NBA oh. players? Oh, cool. Uh, I mean, I th- I think we've had this discussion. We've had this discussion off air. Mm. I think. Russell Westbrook's athleticism lends him to being one of the best fighters okay. in the NBA. Okay. Fair, fair. What you got, G? I got two names, but the first one is going to be more of a star player. The second one is a rookie. So the first one is Jimmy um, Butler. Mm. He got his hair game, you know. He's just, just like going to mess with it, people's it's, minds. It's the toughness, huh? It's the he toughness. Just, like, he's just looking at it. And just like if you... Like remade him into a caricature, he could fit right into Street Fighter. Oh, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. I mean, you know, like you said, we did talk about this off air, and I just think Russell Westbrook is too competitive. You yeah. know, what I'm saying he's yeah. so athletic, so explosive that like you would hit that dude in the face, and it would just make him fight better. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm I'm totally on the Russell Westbrook bandwagon as just like he could he could have the belt at like 185. He could just as a Street Fighter though. Let me say that I believe that. James Harden could have a special maneuver just to beat everybody. Oh, just to fall down. Uh, <laughs> to get take, breathe on. Yo, you don't take charges in the streets. They're not gonna call that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> all right, all right. Here's here's my question. Here's my question. Most likely, as we lead up to the election, most likely to run for political office. Whoa. Um. <laughs> I mean, damn. I, I got. Carmelo. Oh, come on. Mm. All right. All right. Mm. That That's a terrible answer. I'm sorry. Oh, man. It's got to be someone white. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say, you know, going back to what we were discussing earlier, Chandler Parsons. <laughs> that man can convince anyone to come anywhere in free agency. Like, what the, like, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? That he's, man almost had DeAndre face. Jordan in Dallas. You know what I'm saying? He's been, like, trying to get people to go over to... I mean, he's got connections all over the league now with all the teams that he's played for. You know, people are always talking about his Instagram. Like, look, he's always got models and all kinds of stuff. Like, that dude is just persuasive, apparently. I mean, he signed his contract with Dallas in the club. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we saw the pictures with him and Cuban. You, you know, like... Like what? Like, this man is just like the the broad breadth of what oh, he's sure. got going on, sure. and like where he can operate. I just think you know it's politician style. All right, so I, I have two potential choices. Okay, here's my outside pick: the Greek freak. He just goes the back. Greek freak. He goes back, and he go, he's already been. Oh, in I the, like it. He's already been in the military. Yeah. He, he's he's a respected player, and he could just kind of take whatever political office that he wants in Greece, as That's they funny. have no political structure. <laughs> yes. However, That's however, good. a more serious pick, I would have potentially leaned to Carmelo. However, I'm not going to go that route. I'm going to go to Chris Paul because he's yeah. actually made some great strides. Um, as part of the uh, NBA Players Association, sure. and I think he could potentially 
go into political office. I mean, that. he's, he's got to be like the Frank Underwood, though, of the <laughs> NBA. Nobody likes that dude. Somehow he's the NBA like yeah, players rep and all, every, XYZ, but everybody hates everybody him. Hates he's him. dirty as hell. <laughs> the man sitting he's there He's a flopicopter, man. I mean, he elbows Steph Curry in the nuts every time he sees him, whether it's in-game or not. He shoves DeMarcus Cousin, and he falls down and complains <laughs> to the refs. It's incredible. It's incredible. incredible. So, yeah, you're right. He might. I mean, he's been able to get away with that for however many years in the league. Maybe he is the best politician. (laughs) All right. So my my next question as a follow up or not as a follow up to that. Just next question is most likely to retire due to an injury early. Like this season? This season. This season. Oh, man. Like Dirk Nowitzki. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. That man could break his whole entire leg mm-hmm. in like the first five minutes of a game yeah. and just be out, just be done. And he'll be like, I'm That's retired because Hondo asked me this question. <laughs> uh, I got to fulfill the ride in the, dry, the, ride in the pine dreams. Um, here we go. Um, Nene. Nene is a he good one. He gets injured every season. So at what point does he just not use that as an excuse? And he's to on a team that like is just running gun with Houston. I think they're right, man. I'm just saying he's gonna run up on the court one time and just uh, you know catch a, I catch a stray uh, fruit fly yeah. to the Whoa. forehead. I like that you're calling out Nene. No, yeah, he just good. doesn't get enough call outs <laughs> yeah. on the show. What's that we dude ever been? We'll, we'll kind of bring him back in. Um, man, I think. I honestly think Anthony Davis is one heart injury away Ooh, from what? from permanent retirement. Wow, what? dude, that's crazy. He's just uh, he's accident prone, man. That hot take is lava. Like <laughs> nobody's trying to touch that. <laughs> fine, fine. I mean, so I, I don't, I don't, going... I don't want to win this. I have an Anthony Davis jersey in my closet. I, I do not want to win this. I was thinking like Brooke Lopez or something would have been a good answer too. Mm, I'm not mad at that. I think if we're going young players. I think you got to go like Bradley Beal. Yeah. That dude's played like 20 games a season. Yeah. Every year. Okay. Okay, I got a question for you guys. Who will be an all-star this season that has not been an all-star so far? Ooh. I mean, I think this answer's pretty easy. Uh, Hello, Minnesota? Anyone? Minnesota, do y'all, y'all follow the Timberwolves? Uh, yeah. Y'all know anything, <laughs> anything about them? Y'all heard of this team? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> okay. Just go with it. Just go with it. I mean, the look, big man cat. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no question that he's going to make the leap, even if it's just defensively, right? He's going to get so much hype, you know what I'm saying, from the ringer and from every, you know, Zach Lowe's going to talk about his defensive efficiency rating oh, yeah, and shit like yeah. that. So even if he, a lot of hype even if his offensive right numbers don't hit the hit the stride that they're going to, he's just going to be so blown up by um, everybody in the know in the NBA on yeah. the defensive side. Guaranteed. Lock. All-star. Write it down. Hmm. Put it in your IRA. Send your kids to college. So are, are we talking starters or just talking on the all-star team? On the all-star team. The starter would be a cool question. I'm sorry I didn't okay. phrase it that all way. Right. All right. So is has Gordon Hayward been a... You took my pick. Has he been an all-star? No. Prior? I'm going with him. Then. Talk about okay. a politician face. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, he's a damn. He's got, he's got that groove on his hair. Man. I mean, he just looks like every other white politician party. you ever seen in your life. Like, he just slide right in. That man could just walk into the Congress and everybody would just be like, oh, I'm sorry. Vote. Here's, here's, your here's seat, my vote. Sir. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to go with Mike Conley. Woo. Oh. He, finally. He, he breaks through. 
He he's never been an all star. He just that's crazy. Is he just gonna buy his way in or what? Ooh. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I didn't. I didn't phrase how. I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, corruption's totally totally viable. Totally part of this <laughs> viable path. I don't know. See, I think he just got he's got paid so much. I feel like in the minds of sports writers and fans, stuff he's gonna be like seem overrated. So can he perform at the level of the contract he just got? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. All, All right. right. All right. So. We're just gonna go around predictions on who wins the WNBA uh, as of right now. So it's LA LA Sparks are up two to one on the links. Lisa Leslie, <laughs> Rebecca Lobo, Cheryl Swoops. Who wins in terms of team, not in terms of players? We all do. Um, we all. Win. All right, every everybody's Cheryl Miller. Women, Cheryl Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my okay. WNBA. You know, my WA fandom days uh, go back to the, like, start of the league. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. could, like, rattle off players for days. You're trying to ask me who's in the league now or who's even in the finals. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go with the Lynx because uh, Minnesota Roots. What kind of question is this? Do, don't this, Who do the Sparks even have? They have Brittany Griner? Or they have, don't they have... Uh, no, what, they have uh, Candace Parker. That's what I was going to say. Her name from Tennessee, who dunked yeah. that one time. Yeah. All right. So I, okay. I, I go into the links and, and vetoing this question can, and further. Can, I was gonna say, can we just edit that question? So it just says, to his, so it's just his him saying WNBA and then we're just like saying <laughs> names <laughs> and like random things and we're just like WNBA. Okay. Three uh, man weave WNBA. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be part of our remix. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be so funny. Um, okay, here's I mean here's the thing. Recently in the news, we've had Sacramento, we've yeah. had Philadelphia coming up with yeah. brand sponsorships. You know, what yeah. I'm saying getting ready for that yeah. 2017, 2018 drop. Who has the best opportunity? Like, what's the best opportunity for a team sponsor? You know, synergy. Like, what just makes sense? You know, what I'm saying like I feel like the almonds with Sacramento. Like that doesn't make no damn sense. No. Like StubHub for Philadelphia. Ain't nobody. I mean, I guess that won't make sense because everybody who lives and has tickets in Philadelphia is putting their tickets on StubHub. Yeah. Like, I guess there's something yeah, in there. That, but that makes sense. Who's got the best? All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my first choice, and that's the uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, would have great synergy oh. with waste management. <laughs> uh, you start thinking like mob ties. You're just thinking mob, just yeah, like style ties, of basketball. New, new Jersey ties, just terrible team. Oh my like gosh. throw it all away. You can take the team out of New Jersey, but you can't take the waste management out of basketball. I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks and Miller, Miller Lite. Ooh, all right. Just because, like, all the, life, man. All, the <laughs> all the fans are just drunk or just, like, they oh, play yeah. like, you know, Jason Kidd is just constantly yes, yes. an Everything. alcoholic. Okay. Everything you want right, to say. It. I mean, I can't say that legally, but, like, <laughs> I heard, allegedly. <laughs> sources? Sources can confirm. <laughs> yeah, anonymous sources. Um, all right, I got to go with um, Detroit Pistons. Oh, yeah. Mm. Sponsored by... Brita water filters. Brita water filters. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's just a lot of opportunity there. There's a real need in the community. Oh my god. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm oh saying. man. All right. I I think that wraps up the three man weave for this. Uh, I got. I got. I oh, always Lakers. Oh, Lakers sponsored by Kobe International. Ooh, new business is new oh. business. Just gonna take it over, oh. just the whole thing. There's a there's a long a long con. He's just gonna take it over from the bus family. Yeah, just yeah. gonna buy, start off with the with All the sponsorship. Right. I like that. Here's see, here's where Sacramento should have gone. Sacramento should have reached out. You know, what I'm saying a little bit outside the box. You know, they got some international connections. Lot of divas. 
Thailand hmm. recently. Thailand, Thailand. Just got a new king. Oh, he's kind oh, of like man. a playboy, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't really have the, the respect and uh, you know, political stature of his father. Sure, and I just, sure. why not have Sacramento Kings be sponsored by the new king of Thailand? Oh. You know what I'm saying? Just have the some. country. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Have their flag. <laughs> just, that's, that's just it. Have their flag. That's just, it. I mean, it just seems like it would be. You know, everybody wants to go for all these. You know, little American businesses. Just step out, go international man. with it. Dude, New Orleans Pelicans are going to be sponsored by the NBA. Uh, <laughs> extra NBA logo on that. Just two of them. That's hilarious. Just that's two, hilarious. two rows. Oh my goodness. I don't. I don't have. Any we, we could say some serious ones, but no. No. But no. no. What's no, no, about that life? There's, no. there's no point in doing that. Interesting. No. Toronto Raptors sponsored by Jeff Goldblum Enterprises. Ooh, I love it with a dinosaur <laughs> yes. tie-in. Yes. That's I like what's it. up. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh, we got to play that. There's a Jeff. Remember that Jeff Goldblum? So there's a there's a like just somebody made a beat and they just spliced in a bunch of quotes from Jeff Goldblum and they just like sampled his voice and it's crazy. I used to go around the office playing it for everybody. We gotta play that at the end of this at the end of the show. Chris almost murdered him for playing that so much. <laughs> it's unbelievable. That's too funny. I don't know. I don't think Boston really... could be sponsored by Cheers or by Racist Everywhere. By Racist Everywhere. <laughs> really? Look, there's the all racist division, and it's got to be Dallas, Oklahoma City, and Boston. Like that's like just rearrange the conferences. Nothing matters. Just like white people love those three teams. Sure. Let's just be clear. <laughs> oh man! Chicago Bulls could be sponsored by Pizza Duo, right? The Duo Pizza. Oh, I don't even know that. Damn it. Cut it out. Edit it out. Edit. I will do that. You you will you will do the editing for that one. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even. Deep dish pizza. Pizza duo. Chicago Chicago. Pizza uh, duo is like. Massive. You can't just say it more and expect us. <laughs> duo, to know duo, duo. Oh yeah, no, that's a great one. Okay, staying in. <laughs> <laughs> I want more people to know about pizza duo. <laughs> I mean, are we being sponsored by? Are we being sponsored by pizza duo? I just didn't know it. Didn't you know? I mean, I saw like the pizza crumbs everywhere, and you just like slovenly oh, had sorry, pasta sorry. sauce all over your face. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, and I didn't know that was, that was a sponsorship. <laughs> pizza was, duo, uh, pizza duo, uh, since 1957, <laughs> serving multiple pizzas. I mean, was Pizza Uno already taken? Yeah. And they were just like, that's correct. Pizza duo. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's that's the reason why. <laughs> Uh, this is just horseshit pizza advertising right here. <laughs> uh, I heard that's a flavor at Pizza Duo, horseshit. <laughs> that's like a specialty, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about them. Disgusting. Uh, all, right. all right, so that wraps up wraps up the three man weave for this week. Next week, next week, three man weave is going to take on some predictions. No, crazy predictions. I'm not done. No, Minnesota Timberwolves. 3M for the wall posters. Going to put everyone on posters. Woo! Oh, he called it out. He called it. Drop the headphones. Mic drop. Uh, headphone uh, drop. What so more much, can I say? So much editing in this last part, but we'll just, <laughs> sorry, you know, we'll, we got it. He's he's back. Dude, you had like nine lives on this. The that last, was actually, I know. Every time, episode, every time like, we try to kill no, the segment, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah. Nah. Nah, we back. We back. We back. Freddie ain't dead. Uh, <laughs> all right, we out. Newness on the internet is all about that novelty, not novelty. Newness on the internet is all about that novelty. It's Seattle Connection. Then it ain't cast networks. 
All right, we are back. We are back with the third part of our back, our comparison back, series. All right, so we know definitively now. We know definitively now. We looked at the Warriors. We looked at OKC. We looked at the Bulls. We looked at the Knicks. We're going to expand on that this week, and we're going going to go into the Celtics and the Pacers. So we did have a couple of potential other teams, but we're going to kind of delve into those teams as the season begins. Right. Because – our, our prediction episode lies ahead, and that is probably my favorite episode of the entire year. Can't miss, won't miss. Can't miss, won't miss. Rockefeller remix. Get down. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, you know, let, let's kick it off. I, I think I think we're gonna start we're gonna start today's episode by uh, looking at Boston. Sure. Boston is kind of uh, <laughs> interesting. Is the first word that kind of comes to mind for Boston. So, look but, at the roster really quick. Like, yeah. What. I, it's 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 a bit confusing, so let's let's just kind of go through. I don't want to kind of talk about everybody, but let's kind of go through who I think these are some of the, the projected, projected starters. The projected started starters. So we have Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder. We now we have Al Horford, Amir Johnson, Isaiah Thomas. Are there kind of any other names that you put in that maybe first rung? Oh yeah, I would say um, Kelly Olynyk. I'd say Marcus Smart. Okay, and I'd say. Um, Gerald Green, uh, Gerald Green, and um, Jalen Brown are probably going to be the you know the basically the ten. Okay. Okay. Nine or ten, and and I would say Jonas Jerebko as well. So nine or ten people there. Yeah, I mean it's boy, it's it's so interesting. It's yeah. so like I don't really know what to think. You know, I, I'm looking at this team and kind of researching this team, this team today and over the last couple of days, and like ugh, I'm so like. I, I'm so varied on what what, what this team is yeah. like because this team, if they're playing together, like this this team could be incredible, right? Or this team could be a huge letdown because some sort of chemistry issue comes up, yeah, and they just they don't they don't kind of showcase it. And we'll we'll get, we'll get into that a little bit further. Um, so let's talk a little bit about kind of new additions. So if you want to talk about a team with new additions, you have to start with like the draft. Well, you have to start with the draft, and you have to start with Boston. Like Boston had so many, so many additional ads this year. Oh yeah. So I mean, so you have Jalen Brown and Ben Mintel. Yeah, and Ben Mintel. Then you, um, they also added Gerald Green mm-hmm. and Al Horford. Yeah, they yeah obviously they have yeah, they added Al Horford. I don't know why why I don't have Horford on my uh, list. Uh, Demetrius Jackson was an additional ad as well. Oh, right? Okay. Um. But yeah, just a lot of different ads, you know, for a 15 player roster. That is They look like they're 20 deep. <laughs> yeah. There's just so many so many kind of different people so th- that they have to integrate into this new mix. Yeah. Um however, they have some players. They definitely have some players. So I am, you know, kind of starting with the analysis on this. I, like I am not concerned that they can win games. Oh, neither am I. <laughs> like there are some people that can play here and I, and I think it I think it starts I don't. It's hard to say, kind of where, where you where you want it to start. It kind of starts based upon your own your own perception here. But either you have to start with Isaiah Thomas or Al Horford, like that. I mean, which it's whatever choice you want to make. Five eight or seven eight, you know, like yeah, exactly. So um, Al Horford, I think, is going to be the new leader of this team. I think Isaiah Thomas has obviously been the the all star of this team. The the what makes the the team so exciting. But it's all through Al Horford, I think. Yeah, I think he's recreated this team just by being on it. Um, they didn't la- they didn't lack any big 
uh, production. They had, you know, Mir Johnson and Kelly Ozen, Olenek and other things like that. But they've gained a star now. They have a star to go with their star. Borderline superstar yeah. in Al Horford. So who's the actual captain this team? Is it? Yeah, I think that's going to be part of the keys to this team is finding okay. out who that is no, as no. fans as well as a team. Sure. But, um, you know, looking at projected starters, Isaiah Thomas is going to be scoring the bulk of the points. Avery Bradley is going to be defending most of the time. Yeah. Um, Jay Crowder is kind of like a LeBron light in terms of he scores when he can, but he's really just more defensively oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amir Johnson is defensive oriented. Mm-hmm. Amir, uh, and Al Horford is defensive oriented. So in terms of points, they can score points, but it's more they are so locked down on defense. Yeah. That it's going to be such a fun team to watch, but it's yeah. going to be all through Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. For that fact alone, I think he's the leader of the team. I think he's the leader of the team, and I think from a projected stats leader perspective, I think I don't think Horford can rival him no. in in points. I think he's going to put up the most the most points just to, just based upon kind of the role that he has. Horford is going to be a close second, but Thomas still kind of leaves leaves that uh, le- or sorry leads that team category. Oh yeah, for sure. I think from a rebound perspective. I'm going with Amir Johnson. Do you have you have other thoughts? No, on that? no, no, no. Um, I think that was like the best pickup they could have ever had last year. Last year when they traded um, for him, um, I was so happy with that move. Boston was a third seed. Yeah, with scrap with scrubs. Yeah, guys like us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And sorry, sorry to Boston fans. Everywhere. Sorry, like they really had scrubs, man, <laughs> and now they're just so much deeper with a solidified rotation of bigs with Olenek. Horford and Johnson. Yeah. I'm really excited for them on that. You know, you know, if if you look at kind of the bench, if you look outside of the starters, I am not like I'm not worried about players like Marcus Martin. No. Like I've watched Kelly Olynyk play last year. He's awesome. Like I've watched Gerald Green play before. I'm optimistic about what Brown can do. Like these huh. these guys like I, I don't know, man. Like if if they get it together, if they and if they stay healthy, uh but we'll, we need to get into that in the keys of the game. So continuing down on the projected stats leader arena. So points, rebounds, assists. I think assists goes to. I think it goes to Thomas. I don't. I don't know if there's anybody. I can't dispute close. that because he's the biggest playmaker. The only other potential is uh, Al Horford. But I don't think that. Not, I don't think that's in his game. Not when he gets the ball. I don't think he's asked to pass. Not an assist. Now, no. I. I think from a minutes perspective, I like. I was looking at early stats and like it might be Thomas. But I think this one is a toss-up. Like it could be Horford. It, it definitely could be Horford. Uh, but your your thoughts on minutes? No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think Thomas. In order for this team to be like echelon caliber uh, contenders, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's all on Thomas playing 38, 40 minutes a game. Yeah, they don't really have a great backup point guard. They have Marcus Smart that can lead, but he's not really a point guard. Yeah, you know, they have Avery Bradley that could kind of spell minutes, but he's not really a point guard. No. Terry Rozier. As great as he kind of looks, he's scrawny, he's skinny, he's not going to bulk up. He looks kind of awful for this team. Yeah. So the uh, so get, getting into steals, I have to go with I have to go with Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder was amazing last year and one of the one of the stats leaders. It I saw him many many times throughout the season as a steal stats leader. So um, I love this player. I think he's he's like such a sleeper pick for a lot of teams. And yeah. I'm so sad. I'm so so sad that Dallas gave up on him for Rondo. Like, Dallas was one of the best offensive teams. I'm sorry I'm talking about Dallas right now, but with Jake Crowder in the lineup, he was such a, like, a young protege. Yeah. And now he's on Boston. He's, he's reaping the rewards. Dallas lost hard. Yeah. And anyways. Um, no, but he's. He's I, so good. He's like. 
And defensively. I, d- d- defensively. He, he doesn't have he, to do anything. He's just so he, bulk ready to defend anyone. You just have to respect his game. So yeah. I think I think he's a leader in steals. Uh, from from blocks, I just go go back to the bigs. Go back to Amir Johnson. I, I don't think no can't dispute. I don't there. I don't think there's any other way I can go with with that pick. No, that Al Horford has never been amazing at blo- uh, at blocks. Yeah, because he's also kind of like six eleven. He's kind of playing unnaturally at the five, even though he's a four. And Amir Johnson's a paint player. He's a post player. He's a post defender. Yeah, and he's always going to be helping. You know the rotations, mm-hmm. so he's going to be getting all the blocks. You're 100 percent right on yeah. that. All right, so let's go into kind of some of the keys for Boston moving forward. One, I think that that if Al Horford can show show some leadership, just help to solidify the leadership component around that. There's a lot of good players, but it's just like if they if they can if they either go around him or Thomas, but he's like he respects whichever decision, whichever route they go. Like, he can be a uniter for this team. So oh, dude, hands down, because he's going to be the role of the veteran. He's like the Papa Horford, you know? Like, everyone's looking up to him literally as well as, like, age-wise, too. Mm-hmm. He has the experience. He has the playoff knowledge. And, you know, he's grown up. Like, everyone's watched him play, so they know his game. And he grew up in a, in a successful college atmosphere where these, these players are all from. And they just get to learn from, you know, his experience in the NBA. Yeah. Um, how to conduct themselves as young as young stars. Yeah. Whereas I think Isaiah Thomas might necessarily have the voice for that. You know. Yeah. I think El Horford does. Cool. Um, so another key, going back to your point, this this team was third in the East um, with a, a much much different team. Yeah. So this team already has shown that they can win games. So their keys are just to kind of continue to continue to build on that success. Trust in President Stevens and trust yeah. in um, trust in your own course like i think they're so defensively ready they're the biggest doghouse in, in the nba in terms of just being a defensive team yeah you're not gonna they're like the new memphis grindhouse you know yeah and um I, it, it's a must-watch team i think honestly sure um my my, my third key is is just around bench play and yeah. I, I alluded to this a little bit earlier but it's turns out they they can go deeper they can go deeper at some aspects i think they could definitely go deeper on the uh on the forward positions however they are a little bit lighter on some of the guard positions, especially the like uh, point guard, exactly. sh- shooting guard aspects. But I mean, everywhere else they can go. They're going full rotation. They can go into like four different twelve rotations. deep. Yeah, yeah. I think it's they have a lot of plug and play players, but no one that can take over games outside of Isaiah Thomas and Al Horford. And yeah, you know, one thing that I might look at is let's see how Jalen Brown, you know, acts in this like third, pump, you know, third guard off the bench. You know. Yeah. All right. So. We're just gonna take a yeah. quick break. Okay. Can, I, can we play this? No, we can't play it. All right. So let's just continue. You'll you'll just have to edit from. That's fine. Okay. Where, where, wherever you are. Uh, do you know exactly where we? Yeah. Okay. We we were talking about the team can win games. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's, Get your head right. No, my head is right. My head is right. So Face the screen. May, no, I'm. My, my head is right. Hot. I'm facing the screen. We are ready to go. We're ready to go. The team can win games, as we alluded to. The fact they they played well last year. This is just building on prior success. Yeah. So I don't. I'm not nervous at all about what they can do. No. And defensively, and defensively, they're going to be very, very competitive. Yeah. Against against a much more competitive kind of top five, top six in the East. Um, but they're going to struggle with certain teams. I think so, too. I think it'll be really interesting to follow this team and see who emerges as, like, the third or the fourth player, mm-hmm. you know? 
we obviously know who their starting lineup is, but who is that third player? Is it Jake Crowder? Is it Amir Johnson? Is it the bench play of Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown? But, you know. Who it, would you wager? Who would you wait at this oh, point? Are this, we propping? I, let, let's just let's, let's propose a, a prop right now. Who is, who is number three in Boston? Oh, man. Do you want to speculate on Brown? Well, I think he's going to be a giant bust, so. <laughs> so no. So no. <laughs> um, but who knows? I, I'm obviously, I've been wrong before. <laughs> I'm, not I'm, not, I'm not batting a thousand here. I think uh, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder's going to be that guy who's going to be probably playing a lot of minutes, probably playing throughout, like when they do like the wholesale change of benches and, you know, the hockey lineup shifts. He'll probably stick around in terms of the starter in, in the lineup. I think Jay Crowder might be the third. Man. Dude. It could be. Ah, I, You're breathing heavy right now. I know. I'm. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to think here. I'm. My initial gut, gut suspicion was Amir Johnson okay. over over Jay Crowder, but I. I don't know. I'm he has not, like a Birdman role on this team, though. He doesn't score anything. He just birdmans. <laughs> just. <laughs> he just gets more tattoos that's, on his neck. That, that's fair. I, but if, but if Birdman <laughs> propels him to three, I'm okay with Dude, that. Dude, Birdman's on the Cavs. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's it's very very crazy. Okay. We talked a little bit about a little bit about Coach Stevens. Does he add what kind of what else does he add to this team just in terms of their integration what? with the new players? Oh, um, what college coaches deal with new players all the reshuffling time. all the year, uh, every time. And he's like what third, fourth year in, so yeah. he's already everyone looks up to him as one of the best coaches in the NBA. So with that experience from people being one and done in the overturn, the turnover rather, yeah, <laughs> as well as the. Um, just the influx of new players being experienced in the NBA, I think he's more than ready. He's born ready. Sure. Um, um, and I think Al, Al Horford is going to be like kind of like the coach on the court, I think. Okay. Def- so, no, like, I, I'll definitely agree with that. Um, one, one qu- this is, I don't know if it's a key, more so a question for me right now. No. And it's just pacing. So I know the defensive prowess of this, this team, but the offensive pacing that they'll maintain. So what they've really uh, geared their team based around is defense yeah. first. And offense will just kind of happen somehow. Yeah. And that's why they have Isaiah Thomas on the team. I think what they're going to do is pace when they can, but slow the game down every time. Every time the half-court offense, use up 20 seconds, 24 seconds. Wow. But every time they get a steal, every time they get an offense or a defensive rebound, they're, they're sprinting, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's where, they're, that, that's where their trend is happening anyways, but with Boston specifically. Sure. But if it's a defensive rebound and they're already back, they're going to run the team. They're going to run the timeout in terms of – Ooh. Slowing the game down. That's my opinion. All right. Do That's you, how Steven really is implemented the offense anyways. Do you have any other kind of keys for Boston? Um, well, I did talk about the third guy, but, you know, in the event that other teams make a move, Boston has a lot of flexibility right now. They're under the cap. They have a couple more picks coming their way. They have these unknowns that could be moved because they're unknowns and they could be stars and Jalen Brown and other people, you know, RJ Hunter, Terry Rozier. They could move them for another piece, another piece potentially to help augment them to top tier status, which they already kind of are. So just kind of staying the course of who they are as a team, their identity doesn't change. But in the event that other teams are making moves to make shuffle their roster, like Toronto, who knows what they could do? Mm -hmm. Bulls, who knows what they're going to do? Knicks, who knows what they're going to do? They might have to be ready to make a move. And they have the assets too, so. Sure. Continue to follow. I think that's a key because... You know, there's a, there's a, going to be a lot of roster uh, depth, but they need to find out who that five is to close every game out, and that might be different every game, and that's not necessarily a good thing in the playoffs. Okay. Um, so let's 
let's go a little bit into weaknesses. Oh, sure. Oh, you're right. I mean, I, I would say basically just competition in the East is going to be really, really it's, I, I think it's, it's fierce than it's ever been it's, in a it's, long time. It's fierce at the top. So, I mean, I, I think the other, you know, starting with Cleveland, Cleveland, Toronto, New York, Chicago, even like even Our next Addy team, and Charlotte, Pacers the and Char- Charlotte. Charlotte and Pacers, like it just gets much more competitive. So yeah. I don't think it's as easy to kind of win games as prior seasons. Yeah. So, the, but I, I think they have the defensive prowess to play with those teams. It's just they need to back it up offensively. I'm surprised you didn't list off the Jeremy Lin Nets, but the Brook. The, the <laughs> yeah, as the, the top of the East, get out of here. Get out. Okay. Ten days to think about how awful a statement that was before, <laughs> before they prove it. Um, I don't think there's many other weaknesses other than like what we've kind of already talked about with Keys sure. in discussion of what we're listing here. Is, is there... Let's talk a little bit just about distribution of minutes. We talked about minutes a little bit just in terms of Thomas and Horford, um, but just distribution of minutes with this kind of crazy, crazy lineup. I don't think I don't think we're going to kind of have issues around. No, this total is like, minutes. This played. is like a a perfect regular season team. Like anyone can be plug and play. Like I said earlier, yeah. For like ten to 15, 20 minutes, like you're going to see Jonas Jerebko play like thirty minutes a game sometimes. And you're like, <laughs> the fuck is this guy? And he's going to be playing a lot. So just and you're going to see Kelly Olynyk being you know played at the five for 30, 40 minutes sometimes too. It's just based on their depth. Their strength is their depth, and um, the distribution of minutes is going to be key, except for possibly Isaiah Thomas, and that's where. But he was only doing like thirty. I looked at his stats earlier, and he was at least in the preseason games they're doing like thirty-four. Okay, thirty-four minutes a game, which I I don't. That's fine. I think it's quite doable. So they have Marcus Smart and um, and Avery Bradley, Terry Rozier. So I think they're fine in terms of backup spot minutes, and that is that is crucial. It's just a spot minute. They're not they're not passers, not playmakers. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on from weaknesses to kind of the last last aspect of the Celtics, and that's just kind of thoughts and predictions. Let's let's start out with our predictions for a number of wins that, that Go they're going to have this season. I am thinking, so first and foremost, I'm going with 82. 82 is the number of games. That's I'm, right. I'm going to base this out of 82 games. If you, Did if, you check that? I, that has been checked and verified. Thank you. Um, I'm going with 55 wins for this team this season. 55. Jason Williams number. Um, white chocolate. I'm going to go with <laughs> 50, 52. I'm going to go just a little bit under. I think they're going to be third or fourth seed in the in the East. And um, I think 57, 58 is probably going to be first. You know, so that's going to be like, that's going to be Cleveland right there. 57, 58. Okay. I, I'm saying they're... They're fourth in the East, which which may actually need to reduce my number. But Well, I mean, Cleveland could go 72 and 10, you know, like. No, they won't. But like yeah. Cleveland could go sixty games too, so you don't have to adjust it based yeah. on what I just said. No, but you so, gotta stick to your guns, man. I, I know, I know. So I basically at this point I have. I don't know if I want to give. I don't want know if I want to give the order away. I think I gotta keep the. You order. can't give anything away. I, I, I need to keep it. Keep it for prediction. Next week's keep, next week's crucial prediction episode. You gotta keep our listeners foaming at the mouth, being like, "What is he gonna say?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a short break here, come back with our analysis on the Pacers. All right, 
right, all right, we are back. We are back. We're back with the Pacers. We're back with the Pacers after an awesome, uh, awesome rundown on the Celtics. So, you know, let's just kind of kick it off with, you know, who we got, who we got in the lineup for the Pacers, and then just go through uh, through what we did with the the Celtics. At the very top, we got Lavoy Allen. <laughs> <That's what laughs> I gotta say, thank you. you thank look. you. We got a starting five: Amata Ellis, Jeff Teague, Paul George, Thaddeus Young, Miles Turner. Hell yeah. So that looks so good on paper it, on it, offense. It, it on <laughs> offense, it does it does look pretty good. So who would you? So the, I mean, that's the starting five. Um, kind of looking at the other players, who would you add to kind of the short list? Obvious bench rotation players as well. Um, I, Al Jefferson has to be on that list. Yeah, Al Jefferson, C.J. Miles, um, Lavoy Allen, and Rodney Stuckey. So that's like a probably eight nine man rotation. Okay, and then I don't. I'm sorry, Nick. Nick Sizeloft. I I just don't know who you are. Next year. Okay, he'll be a free agent. He's gonna be on the come up. Um, so the the additions for the Pacers this year were uh, obviously so Teague Teague came from Atlanta. Yeah, where did that did Thaddeus come from? Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Okay, and then Nyang came from draft. Yeah, he's draft guy, and then then Big Al came from Charlotte. Charlotte. Why did was. Al was in Utah before that, yeah. right? We you, uh, Minnesota traded him to Utah. Okay, so Minnesota, Utah to Charlotte, so and now back to the Pacers. He just he's so hard to keep track of. He's a Renaissance man, <laughs> just all over the league. So yeah, inter- all over that weed too. <laughs> interesting, interesting additions. So yeah. let's run through our projected uh, projected stats leaders. So I think this is a no brainer in terms of points. I mean. If you're going to go with somebody else besides George, I want to hear a good reason. I don't have a good reason, but maybe Monte Ellis. Ooh. Monte have it all, man. Yeah. Or T could really just take over. He's like, you know, I just got traded. I, um, but do you think that's honestly that. going to happen? I don't see the Teague thing happen. I could see I could see Monte Ellis just taking the ball and just shooting it more. Yeah. But I mean, they got a new coach though too, from an, from you know, an assistant, Nate McMillan. So he's going to instill a pretty nice offensive set. So I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of like free ball action, like just ISO. Yeah. So that's where Montalas has it um, best. I'm personally thinking that you're right. I mean, I don't know why I'm even blabbering on here. It's George, right? Like next subject. <laughs> next. All right. So rebounds. I I think I I think I'm gonna stay with George for this. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Um, I know Miles Turner is actually a little bit weak on rebounds, okay. but I think he's really going to have to be that presence in the middle to help this offense gel. And by offense, I mean grab the rebound to start the offense. So I think he's gonna lead the team. You think you think Miles Turner is gonna lead the team in rebounds? It's your prediction. All right, all right. Yeah, that's my dark horse candidate. <laughs> <laughs> They're starting center. No, no, I, I think it's fine. I just think I, I think George is going to dominate on those two. Yeah, that's awesome. uh, but we continue moving. The uh, so going down to assists. I think that I think that Ellis kind of takes this over. I think it's a good idea that to, to propose Ellis. I think for the most part, though, I think Teague has the ball in his hands like sixty percent of the time. So it's going to be Teague and George running the show. Ellis is going to be the beneficiary of a lot of drives, and then he's going to do his own drives or fast breaks. Okay, and uh, that's my opinion. It's going to be Teague. I think I, I can I can side with Teague. I can't side with George on yeah. this. Um, okay, so minutes moving down to minutes. I mean, Paul George again. 
I think it's I think it's George, but I don't know. I'm like I'm interested to see how McMillan kind of stacks up this offense and exactly kind of sure. how it plays out. Like frankly, this is a crapshoot. I mean, he's the he's the all star on the like he's like the definitive all star on the team right now, but I don't know. I really don't know. And he's like, even though there's no signs of like in like he's fine, yeah. he appears to be fine. I just don't know like what pressure they have on him, and if they, if they can go eight or nine deep, like how many minutes does he really have to play? Right. And but you know, going back to kind of what we talked about for Boston, like the East is is a lot more competitive. So I I think these guys are going to have to play deeper in those games. So. I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of stick with them. I'm gonna agree with you, and actually, I probably would have initially disagreed. But looking at their roster, looking at what we just projected as their like their short bench, the short list for the bench. Yeah. There's no backup three. Yeah. So, who's spelling minutes for George? It's gonna probably be Thaddeus Young. It's probably gonna be C.J. Miles. Yeah. Like you don't want that. So no. George is probably gonna play 35, 40 minutes a game, which is crazy. For, yeah, if he plays 40 minutes, watch out. Watch for George on the injury watch list. Oh sure. I know. Or MVP watch too. Nah, dude, he's like he's behind. No, he's behind. He's behind Westbrook. We, we already we've already said this. We've already said this. <laughs> All right, so Steels, I'm I'm dropping in Ellis at at this point. Like, yeah, I think I, it's, I think it's tough to challenge to challenge that one. Mm-hmm. Um, blocks blocks. I'm going with I'm going with your boy Miles Turner on this one. My boy. My well, you, you <laughs> call you called him out against me, so I'm gonna he's gonna be your boy for this episode. Oh, you're here. <laughs> Seven foot two, Miles Turner. I'm gonna get them blocks. Uh, he averaged like a block per game last year, didn't he? Yeah. Was he a rookie last year? I think so. That's insane. I, no, I I think he was. I we'll we'll have to go into <coughs> kind of research mode here. Uh, do you know? Well, I really wish we had more time before the season just to like yeah. delve into how crazy the Lakers were. Yeah. You know, hope, hopefully we we'll, we'll probably do it in the in the first couple of weeks because just how how upside down that team is going to be right. in the first part of the season. Right. So, okay, they're not going to be they're not going to be Philly bad, but they're going to be they're going to feel they're going to be feeling pretty bad. <laughs> that's very true. All right, so let's go into some keys for the Pacers. So, Sorry. I think that getting started quickly. Getting started quickly, so you can, so they can have a an opportunity to utilize their bench is going to be a big thing. Um, just I, I, especially against Cleveland, New York, um, yeah, the top Chicago, of the East. like the Toronto. super teams of the East. Yeah, oh, Jesus, <laughs> the super teams of the East. What, a, what an oxymoron. <laughs> no, but if they don't get started fast, those those starters are going to play heavy minutes, and they're going to get dilute. They're going to. Mm-hmm. Their energy is going to be diluted pretty quickly. For sure. So, um, just any any other kind of thoughts around pacing? Well, they are the Pacers. <laughs> Man, just laying up the puns just <laughs> left and right here. At your no, but so what? What kind of like what kind of tempo do you think McMillan is going to put put in place here? I t- actually think they're going to be pretty slow. Okay. I think they're going to be pretty slow because Miles Turner, Big Al Jefferson are slow prodders. I think Paul George needs time to uh, openly get his shot off. He can't just dribble into a shot like Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. He's actually like been unable to do that his entire career. <clears throat> I think Jeff Teague is going to be a ball hog and handler, and he will have to force himself to pass, and that's going to eat up time, just like thinking about what to do. 
right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think um, people like Thaddeus Young have like a 10-second shot arc. You know, it's like he takes, he builds up his shot and it takes 10 seconds to shoot. You're right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I know I'm just saying, like, I think they're going to be a really slow prodding team. They're going to be like, you know, 90s is their scoring peak. You know, 90s max, 90s to 100 max. Ooh. I don't Just because think, they're going to slow the game down a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think they can. I think they'll play well against the bottom, but they're yeah. going. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games against the top if they if they only score in the, the low you know low to mid nineties. I don't well, think true. that. I don't think that's going to win many games. Okay. So. Well, I hear you on that. Maybe I'll have to. We'll have to see. You know, that's my. That's no, our no, no. I, 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 th- I think, I think you're right in I, that sense. But but going back to your point, like. Or sorry, maybe even going back to a point that I made earlier, like this team is hard to predict without kind of, I think we can predict them on paper, but what we're actually going to see is is going to be very interesting. Yeah. And it's gonna be it's gonna be up and down. They could get streaky if they get some wins behind them. We might see this team kind of catapult up, but they could you know they could get a reality check pretty quickly. I think so. So okay, just some other keys. I think that just utilizing George effectively. Just letting him be the dominant force on the team is going to be a, it's going to be a big thing. Not not that they haven't done that before, but when when he's taken charge, they they've gone on like, they've gone they've gotten streaky before. Oh yeah. As a result of just just having him kind of power through and go for thirty or forty <laughs> in a game. So definitely. So I I think that could definitely happen. Um, you know, talking a little bit about their size, like they have. That's a strength of theirs. They, yeah, definitely, definitely a strength, and it, it's definitely a key. But they, un, unlike some of the other teams that we've talked about, they have size in their in their starting lineup, but they also have size on their bench, yeah, which is so that's, awesome for that's them. That's great. Like, and they they're have get, to take advantage. And they're gonna they're gonna match up well against def- some other teams, especially. So. Yeah. So, adding to my point or evolving my my train of thought there about slowing the pace down, they can afford to do that because. They can play the 24-second clock on defense and on offense the, to the fullest because yeah. they have such a deep bench. I know how obvious that statement was. <laughs> <laughs> but then also, they're going to be a good regular season team because of the strength of their bench. Can, can I tell you that just just walking through this exercise makes me want to see the the Indy-Houston game oh, no. so much? Oh, God. Just like Houston running gun <laughs> versus like versus a slowed-down tempo oh, yeah. with a bunch of big guys. <laughs> so... Oh man, <clears throat> that'll be pretty fun. No, I want to see Indiana versus Philadelphia. It's like Philadelphia starting five is everyone with seven foot and above. Yeah, versus like you know, Jalil Okafor at the three. Nerlens <laughs> 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 Noel at the two. Oh my god, <laughs> Nerlens Noel at the two. That's that's nuts. Yeah. Um, I I was uh, the fourth point here is just kind of getting into some defensive rebounding. Use use their size not only in terms of pacing, but use their size to. Um, you know, to draw down those defensive boards that, yeah. that I think they need to capitalize on. <clears throat> Just thinking about what this is, um, I know Big Al used to be a great rebounder. He's since relaxed or regressed. I know Miles Turner needs some time still to gel as an as a actual force down low. Lavoy Allen is probably their best rebounder, and he's off the bench, and he's going to be playing 10, 15 minutes a game. Dude, I think you're right about George being probably the rebound, leading rebounder. I think that's probably a legit prediction now yeah because they though they have size yeah they kind of lack they don't they don't necessarily have depth at at what they have size but they don't really have like i mean rebounding depth rebounding depth or like refined refined like rebounding skill like tenacity down low yeah miles turner is a great jump shooter yeah big al is a pretty decent like shot putter you know yeah 
Um, but he doesn't like shoot the ball and get his rebounds. Yeah. You know, Miles Turner shoots from three. He's like already trailing back. You know. That yeah. That's, that's my that's my point. I think you you are actually right, and I think that's going to be a hundred percent. Let's lock it in that George is now going to be the rebound. <laughs> I'm saving I'm saving the contents of this clip for 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 a further episode oh, in the sure. season when I when I'm terribly wrong when, when I'm terribly terribly wrong. Not about this, just about whatever else. When you're down 120 in props, pass <laughs> this out, raise your spirit up. Let's go double or nothing. All right. So the next point I have here is just utilizing Teague effectively. You talked a little bit about kind of you think Teague might be he's gonna he may hog the ball a little bit you may kind of like slow it down yeah but no you're to your point they need to actually influence he needs to be an influence in every outcome of the game so yeah. um they've had George Hill they've had other players that are kind of like mediocre he's at better best. than George Hill no, that's no, for he, sure I know so to that point he's going to be used he's going to be shooting a lot he's going to be probably getting you know 15 20 points a game he's not George Hill because George Hill is a great defender, but terrible on offense. So they're going to have to be more offensive-minded with Teague, mm-hmm. and that's going to be their strength, Teague and their offense. And, and and I think the one positive thing about integrating Teague is, like, they don't have a ton of, like, a ton of, like, other starters that they're integrating as well. So yeah. it's, like, integrating Teague into this system, right. and he's, you know, he's an all-star caliber player. You know, maybe not starting, but d- definitely an all-star caliber player. Like he's going to get it, and yeah. I, and I, I think it's it's just it's just kind of working through that offense and kind of just building some time together. Yeah, that 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 that's why this team could be like they could be very dangerous, but they could also just be. I know, it, it, but we'll get into that in the in the last part of the predictions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we talked a little bit about Al Jefferson, just kind of impact. You know, you said he's got. He doesn't necessarily have that the rebounding capability that he once had, but he's still an okay shooter, so he could give you some points off the bench. But I I don't necessarily want to rely on him for for big points. Um, yeah, you know, deep in a game, it's it's still with with how veteran he is. I think he can still make an impact, but I don't know, like a ten or fifteen point guy on a good night. So yeah, I I and don't, that, I don't think that he's, point that's not like. Peak Al Jefferson, and then why do you have him on your team if he's only scoring ten points, you know, off the bench? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm confused about Al Jefferson on this team, but he's going to be great for them in terms of just offense. Yeah, it's just they need more offense from their bench. That's why they're super deep. But I'm confused about them. I'm I'm actually a sneaking uh, a, a subtle like trade with Al Jefferson to something else to like wow um, to somewhere. I don't think they're going to last with him. Hmm. Where where might he potentially go? Dude, Are we going let's let's hot take it. Where where let's do you hot th- take? Okay. Yeah, let's hot take it. Where where do you think he could go? Well, I mean, they, you know, Philadelphia really needs a big right now. So. <laughs> that, With Ben Simmons being injured. That is that is so terrific. They need a backup three, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think um Al Jefferson um, Brooklyn Brooklyn could be an interesting spot for him. Oh jeez. Sacramento could be like what? And then What about like here this may not be right, but Memphis? what Go ahead. What about New Orleans? I mean, they don't have any like yeah. they're struggling for depth down there. What about what about the Magic as well? Dude, what did the Magic do? No, like um Aaron Gordon is playing the three for whatever reason. Yeah. Serge Ibaka, Bismack Biombo are their starting um front or no, Nick Vukovic, sorry. Biombo's still off the bench. Oh, they don't need it. They don't need it. Oh, Biombo's off the bench. Okay, never mind. No, it's ne- it's Nick Nicholas or Nick of 
Nikola Vukovic, uh, Serge Ibaka, and uh, <laughs> Al Jefferson. Man, it's late. Let's go. <laughs> all right, all right. So <laughs> we we have not decided where Al Jefferson could potentially end up. Well, well, I mean, I just threw this hot take thing out here. Like, I just don't see him gelling in this offense off the bench with like Aaron Brooks being their backup point guard. It's gonna not happen. So he's gonna be an awesome like black hole on offense and on defense. He's gonna be a net. He's gonna be a net. Negative. All right, all right. I'm, let's just do this on air. Let you want to throw down like a hundred and twenty day. Prop bet on on Al Jefferson being sure. traded. Five bucks. Okay, five bucks. I, I'm gonna say that he's not gonna be traded. Okay. All right. That is that is the first prop. Whoa. That is the first prop bet of the season. <laughs> the first prop bet of the season is an Al Jefferson trade bet. <laughs> oh, I'm so so very excited about this. Gucci. <laughs> the NBA weekly prop will will be coming here shortly. <laughs> All right. Um. The last kind of key. I, I think here is just the involvement of Thaddeus Young. So Thaddeus oh, yeah. Young is kind of like he's been up and down, and like especially if he's going to be used as a starter, like he just has to be a consistent performer. And if they're not, if if he's not going to be a consistent for, performer, I'm probably going to have to go double or nothing on like. But I'm going to take the other side <laughs> on that and say he's going to go he's somewhere else. Interesting. So I like I actually like Thaddeus Young on the Pacers because it brings. The Do space. you like him simply because he was a. He was on the T Wolves, or well, no? I mean, I like Al Jefferson too. Then okay, <laughs> so that rule doesn't apply. <laughs> fine, both fine, fine. Dude, wolves are everywhere right now. <laughs> they're, they're dispersed. They're just okay. Okay, um, I like Thaddeus Young because he's coming off a really crappy team in Brooklyn. He's has something to prove, so he has that chip on his shoulder. I think he's been a sub thirty percent three point shooter all career, but he's going to be asked to shoot a lot. I think with so he's going to be like thirty five percent, and that's not bad. And that's seriously what I'm thinking too. Okay. And because Bill I, Big Al Jefferson, Big Al, Big Al Jeff, Big Al can't make a three. <laughs> Miles Turner's still like, you know, the dude in the middle that needs to be in the middle. Yeah. And then they have Lavoy Allen who can't shoot a three. Their best three point shooter from their front court is Thaddeus Young. So they can't afford to let him go. Okay. Or they could start, you know, dusting off the Paul George at the four again, which he hated yeah. all of last year. Mm, I don't like that. No, neither do I. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm just saying, I like him on this team because of that aspect. I, I'm sorry, I'm I'm just I'm just so like distracted here about Al Jefferson shooting the three, like just <laughs> just shot putting, just shot putting it up. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, so let's go into some of the some of the other weaknesses. I don't think this is a big weakness, so I'm just going to touch on it briefly. I think after an injury as severe as what happened to George, he still has to be a potential health risk. Throughout his entire career, he's a Derrick Rose type to me moving forward. Interesting, maybe he, not that severe, yeah, that's but not. he is potentially he's potentially at risk just given what's happened. Like, yeah, well, everyone's at risk, but you're right. Um, I would say that he came back with a vengeance last season. He was insane. Sure. So, no, no, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's even likely, but I'm just saying weird things can happen, especially can happen. especially when if you've been hurt. Before. <clears throat> you know, there was so many distractions that year that he got injured. Mm-hmm. The year after he got injured, like with the Lance Stevenson, the Roy Hibbert, the whole team collapsing underneath him. He got injured so that we couldn't see what he was like. Mm-hmm. Then he got to full, you know, full on one full year with him. It was pretty great. Um, all I want to say is there's no, you know, ill will towards this dude. I think he's one of the greater players on the NBA right now, top 10 for sure. Mm-hmm. It would be such a travesty if he goes down with some sort of like. No, I, I, I wish. Because I really want this team to like 
get into the playoffs because I'm kind of sick of the Clevelands and I'm a little getting sour on the Raptors. And I just want to see I, uh, the Drakes. I'm sorry. I, I just want to see. <laughs> a new, I just want to see a new face. And I think Paul George is a cool face in the NBA. You know? No, he de- he definitely is. I, and I think you know. I just he, want him to not do the swirls in his hair anymore. Just uh, like stop that crap. That's 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 fine. That's a fair ask, really. Right. Um, no, so I'm not. I'm not wishing any ill will towards him. I'm just. I'm just saying, if you go down with a huge, huge injury and this you play, done. you play at well, let, let me just finish my thought here. If you if you've gone down in a huge, huge injury before, your likelihood playing at the pacing that the NBA requires now, it yeah. just puts you at a higher susceptibility yeah. Yeah. to something happening. Yeah, you're right. Given what's happened last year and given his vengeance, mm. you know, the tears that he was on, I don't think it's it's not a major concern for me, but I just you you have no idea. Like and it's That's weird right. weird stuff can happen. That's right. So um the other weakness that I have is just kind of player integration. I I am, you know, the uh T- I think you T- just want to be a believer first. You want to see it to believe it. You know? Yeah, I do want to see it to believe it, but I, I do have questions just like like the Teague integration and the Thaddeus Young integration to yeah. me are are some outliers. I just I don't know. I know I know that they can play, but can they play with this with this with, this, with this roster? So Because this is kind of, you know, maybe uh not hundred percent correct, but this is probably the strongest team that Teague has ever been on. And that's that's saying I'm saying that Knowing that they had that sixty-seven win or sixty-sixteen win team, the Atlanta Hawks, that yeah. went deep into the playoffs, but you know, lost to the Cavs because that was okay. Let's just go through the the starters on that team because so, that was so that was Teague, Cephalosa, Cephalosa, Horford, Corver, Corver, Millsap, Millsap. Wow, wow. I I think it's close. I think it's very close. I with, think this team is better with it, with this team, but I mean. Actually, you're I, right, huh? You're right. So, Millsap is better than Thaddeus Young by far. Yes. Big Al Hor- Big Al. Al Horford is better than Miles Turner currently. Yes. And probably future. Uh, Paul George is extremely better than Kyle Korver. Yes. And I would say Mate Ellis is better than Tabo Cephalosa. Yeah. And I would say George Hill is probably you know weaker than Jeff Teague mm-hmm. because Teague can take over games. Hill cannot do anything. Mm-hmm. So where does that put us? That's actually I don't know. I th- I think it's close. Yeah, it's close. I think it's close. I I don't think I think the reality is that they're not going to win. This team is not going to win sixty seven no, games, not. Not. but but they may actually go further in the playoffs. Interesting. And what counts more? Neither if they don't win a championship. Well. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you've been watching too many <laughs> too many sports announcers on that. Oh sure. Uh, okay, let's let's go through a couple more weaknesses here. Mm-hmm. Um, Maintaining momentum, like yeah, that's the, key. The, and you could say that about every team, but this team especially, it like it it was so streaky last season, and I think it I think it will be streaky this season. So it's just like build upon your successes, keep moving forward. Yeah, especially against like they could go from really really weak teams, you know, playing the you know playing the uh, yes. playing the Pelicans, playing the Nets, playing whoever else, and yeah. like. They could easily kind of capitalize on those games, but then the other the other games mm-hmm. they could just find themselves hurting. So they just need to use that as a strength, kind of well, moving forward. You're right. Um, maintaining momentum in both facets of the game, offense and defense, is going to be really hard to come by because Monte Ellis and Jeff T can have terrible shooting nights, and then they're net negatives on defense. Right? They don't defend very well, so it's like they have to be really reliant on those two for this team to do well. 
from a, from a backcourt standpoint. Yeah. And you're going to have them shooting like five for 20 sometimes, you know, four for 20 or 23 or something. <laughs> That's a Monte Ellis stat line. Like, That's going to happen. Four for 23? That can happen. That has happened in Milwaukee. I know. I remember seeing that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, so um, it's everything, dude. This momentum is going to be so key for this team because they're going to lose it. I know it. No, they, they will. They will certainly lose it. Hopefully, hopefully they can they can kind of build into the season, get a few wins, get get players integrated well, so players aren't feuding with each other. Kind yeah. of to start to start with, and then as the season goes, like go yeah. up, go up and down. If they could stay around five hundred, you know, I think they can, and they find momentum after the All Star break. This this team can can could potentially gravitate itself even higher into the playoffs. And it really rests in the end on McMillan. And McMillan is yes. our, our last point yes. on the weaknesses thing. He's a new coach. He's a new coach. He's been a coach before, but he's a new coach to this team. He's going to have to kind of take over the reins of Frank Vogel, which was kind of a very suspect firing. I think there were some under, underground conversations that, or, that were just unkept, you know, mm-hmm. and just bad blood. And I don't understand it completely, but I know that Nick McMillan was a very successful Portland and Seattle head coach. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. And I do doubt him as a starting or as a head coach on this team on this in this league and in this team. Okay. I doubt a little bit about it. But I like so here here's a question. Because quite, we wrote it down as a weakness. No, no, no. No, Thanks. That you know, that's reason enough. But the uh No, but I, I, I just any anytime you get a new coach in a new environment, I yeah. think I think that's that is a potential weakness, and uh, I don't know. But I guess the one the one point against, or, or or I guess for him, is just like the strength, the strength of this team, anyways, especially yeah. the starters. Yeah. Like this team may be able to win games without that much coaching. So like, right. to like to to the original weakness itself, I think that. Yeah, he's new. He's new, and he may he may struggle through the, through the first little bit. However, this team this team could just declare itself like, "Hey, we want to win some games," and just like really go nuts. Yeah, sure. And, and he's the the recipient. He's the uh, what's the guy's name from uh, the assistant coach who's now the head coach for Golden State? Oh, Luke Walton. Yeah, he. You wanted me to say Luke Walton on no, there? No, I wanted to say Luke Walton because I go into Luke Wal- Walton syndrome where you oh. don't have to coach oh, and you sure. still win games. You still win a lot of games. Okay. So, but he well, did, he did go twenty four and zero. You're right. He's the best coach of all time. <laughs> I hope. Ho- I really hope that's the only time we have to mention Luke Walton on this on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Inevitably, he'll be coming back up though. Oh. So. All right, so so let let's jump and kind of close this episode out. So. Thoughts and predictions for the Pacers. Uh, go ahead. I'm thinking that they land sixth in the East. So, uh, I'm. Where are they going to fall? Let, I don't want to give it all away, but I yeah. think. I think they they kind of fall right in that New York Boston territory, like right right around those guys. So that oh. that could be a very close. Close cool. race, so they could they could move up, they could move down a little bit. They're not going to be at the bottom of the East. Um, I don't think they're I don't think they're seven or eight. I think that's reserved for a few other teams that we'll get into later. <laughs> yeah, don't no spoilers, man. No, no spoilers. spoilers, no spoilers. Uh, I, I say maybe fourth in the East. I think they're going to be a really good regular season team. They oh. have the momentum going for them with the depth, 
for the new people with the chip on their shoulders, with the new coach. Everyone's going to have to buy in. Oh. I think they're going to buy in early. And I think they're going to win about 52 games maximum. Like, that's their peak. Okay. That's, I think that's good enough for fourth in the East. I think it's going to be like 57 is first, you know, so... Okay, I got forty-seven wins. I'm thinking forty. What did I say fifty-two? You said fifty-two. I think we're we're fa- fairly close. Five bucks. <laughs> um, five games. I'm not betting five bucks on this quite yet. <laughs> um, okay, I think George is also a potential MVP candidate, but far behind Westbrook. Far, far. I think far behind Westbrook. <laughs> however, however, if they go fourth, if they go fourth in the East, Paul George has put on performance. At least one. No, no. He's put on a performance all season if they go fourth in the East. <laughs> Definitely. So, ah, but I, I don't, I don't. Like, well, would I, his performance be as good as Kanye? No. It's Coming gonna, up at the key? It's not going to be as good as Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now I got to, now I got to compare Paul George. Uh, I got to compare him to Westbrook and to Kanye. Kanye. Like, I'm sorry, Paul George, if you're listening to this. The only thing that they have in common is that they're alive and they're people. (laughs) (laughs) They're black, I guess. I can't touch that. I'm a white guy. So, like, well, we don't see color on this show. We just see, we just see, we just see, we just see swish. We (laughs) We see the color swish. (laughs) All right, so that's gonna close off this episode. So, hey, thanks for this was fun, man. Hey, thanks for joining us. So, we're gonna get into, we're gonna do a little bit of a little some analysis for teams as we get into the season but we probably won't do full no. full comparison episodes after that you as don't we, want us to as as we get into actual stats <laughs> and and some some crazy prop betting oh um, yeah that's what's so, gonna be yeah you guys have to stick with us though this was the off season and if you like this just like <laughs> we're, we're gonna be on a new level yeah so it it'll be it'll be, it'll be really fun yeah. my my specialty is around it, it is around regular season ball oh really so. my specialty is a post all-star break Fine. Okay. Fine. Fine. Mine is the start of the season when I when I know what to bet on. So uh, you know what to bet. On. <laughs> All right. So that that concludes this episode. So stay with us. Uh, join us next week. Next week for our special special prediction episode. So we should have. I think we have Chicago fans. We have some Cleveland fans. We we may even have some Portland fans in the house for this one. And, and, Me in the house. And a couple. My my brother's coming, so I think uh, we have another we have another T Wolf fan coming. Hell so yeah, it's it's gonna be great. All right, Wolves on the come up. This this is Hondo and Gabe for Riding the Pine. We out. Peace. This has been a Vencast Studios production. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. 
I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, a bit pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.